Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Transformation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within the communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and today's episode is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Running Collection, an eclectic ensemble of artists from all walks of life and disciplines. I mean, we're talking established to wannabe writers, actors, directors, artists, bloggers, vloggers, videographers, podcasters, journalists, producers, and editors who are passionate about creating content for running and entertainment purposes. Still, but more importantly, they inspire people to pursue a healthy lifestyle by helping them identify their purpose, maximize their potential accelerate their growth and continuing the cycle. In other words, they help people IMAC their life. So, if you've got some hidden talent and you're looking for a safe place to express, own, and display your talent, shoot them an email at the Behind the Wheel Morning Show at gmail.com. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner or know of an entrepreneur or small business owner looking to advertise in the Behind the Wheel podcast but weren't certain as to whether or not there was a possibility, we have eliminated all the guesswork. It certainly is a reality. Who's this we you're talking about? You know it's just you. I'm not going to go with we. We now have... Be going with we? I think we're going to go with we. Let's try. We now have the ability for you to sponsor an episode. How cool is that? Your ad can run pre, mid, or post roll. Simply visit coffee.com forward slash BTW podcast. The details will be in the show notes. That's ko com forward slash BTW podcast. And one of the cool things about coffee.com is it allows supporters of the show to buy me a cup of coffee. You all know I like coffee. So... Shout out to Latoya Shantae, Soul Inspired, Kimberly Hall, and Kim Isaiah. That's why I'm all hyped up on this coffee. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley. And today we got a very special guest. She is the VP of Strategy and Business Development at Citizens Bank. Her passion is community development and driving her civic engagement. She serves on several boards. She was elected the vice chair of candidate recruitment for the Democratic Party of Georgia from 2019 to 2023. She is the public policy co-chair for the Atlantic Business League, Atlanta's oldest minority business development and advocacy organization. She was the board member. Damn, this is a long list. Boy. Yeah, we don't like. Let's. I get embarrassed. Ooh, we're not all. gonna. We're not going through the whole list. But I gotta finish uh, this last one here. She is a board. She served. She is a board member of the Atlanta Track Club. Oh, that's the nation's okay, second largest track club. Now it's got me wondering who number one is. New York. She served. There, my term ended at the very beginning of this year. Um, 
So yeah. So yeah. But she's also one of she's one of three members who uh helped launch Black Girls Run. Give it up for Adrian Bond! <laughs> Woo! How are you doing today? I um I'm emotionally spent to be extremely transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'll just kind of dive in with where I am right now in my life. Um, as everybody knows, our hero, Congressman John Lewis, passed away. Um, and Georgia state law requires, it really only gives um, 24 hours to identify a person to go on the ballot in lieu of the person who's passed away. Um, and we had the blessing of a weekend extending that. So mm-hmm. it's 24 business hours. And it's been a highly emotional process of um, being a part of the stewardship of, you know, getting nominated people and making a vote on that. Because honestly, it's not about me. It's about the people who live in the Congressional 5th District who deserve representation. And that is a heavily Democratic district. And so we did not want to risk not putting a name on the ballot in the Republican um, auto, essentially automatically winning the seat. Um, and, and you know, um, we can't even say those are shoes to feel, fill. It's just a new yeah. chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been a, an extremely emotional process to um, identify our next congressperson from Georgia. Mm. So how do you detach from, from the emotion of losing such a legend to uh, making a decision about who will go on the ballot? I I think um, for me, they were kind of one in the same. The the process, I mean, I'm still grieving. And quite honestly, I feel like the tension related to the process is now released. And I can actually reflect and focus on Congressman John Lewis and, you know, the relationship that I had with him and... um, but, but a part of my process was really trying to spend time with him within my memories, um, you know, walking. Um, I've done a lot of walking because I find that's just a, a, a place and space where I can find peace. And I went downtown <clears throat> to where the big mural of him is and honestly just asked a couple people, um, you know, like, what do you value in the person that goes forward to take um, take representation of the Congressional 5th District. And I, you know, there's several amazing people, but the person that we nominated to the ballot, um, she's currently a state senator, State Senator Nakima Williams, will be, uh, I won't say the first Black woman, but because uh, we currently, we had Cynthia Kenny, now it's um, uh, Congresswoman Lucy McBath, and now... Um, the future Congresswoman Nakima Williams. I'm really excited about that. Um, her life's body of work has been around progressive values and serving um, Democrats, period. Um, so it was a tough decision, but uh, I, I feel confident that she'll do right by the people. Very good, good. So before we go any further, yeah, <laughs> the people want to know, people are always asking, Nobody's asking. But I'm curious to know, are you a D&D lady or are you a five books lady? Uh, neither. How about that? 
am. So here's the thing. My favorite, like I will go out of my way to get it sometimes, is caribou coffee. Caribou. Is that just specific to uh, Atlanta? So South? I know it, it originated out in somewhere where the actual caribou, that's an animal I've never seen, but <laughs> a caribou animal um, that's out like in the Midwest or maybe not Midwest, the, uh, I don't know, Montana. I Is it that good? Stupid, so I have no idea. <laughs> it's okay. But, but yeah, it's caribou coffee, not unique to the South, but um, perhaps they haven't expanded to all. So it's a store, a cafe, you kind of go in and sit down? Or you yeah, just... yeah, yeah. I mean, it's down here, it's absolutely a competitor of Starbucks. Um, wow, caribou. Just, okay. Yeah, I, I just like the coffee a little bit better. Right, I've got to keep that in mind. Should I visit Atlanta again? Yeah, I'll check out caribou. caribou. Shout out to caribou. Matter of fact, if you've ever run the Peachtree Road Race, you've run by it because one of the flagship locations here is right at 10th and Piedmont, where the rainbow is. Okay, yeah, so I, it was all a blur that, that one time I did. I right. think the only Hopefully thing I remember. probably going faster than I was. So. <laughs> I, will, I will have to remember that the next time and look for it, but I'll, I'll probably be down it before then. So, why don't you tell folks who, who are not familiar with you a little bit about yourself. We, we gave that introduction at Breeding Food. I'm like, when do you sleep? When do you find time to do all this stuff? So tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started in this lovely road to running. Yeah. So um, how did I get? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, my story with running, it really, for me, was a, a, a healing um, of sorts. Mm-hmm. So I um, was sexually assaulted and fell into a really deep depression. Um, and of course, I think sometimes when you're depressed, you don't realize it. But at the time, I went from like 130 pounds down to 112 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friends were like, hey, Adrian, let's go out. I would just kind of say, oh, I don't feel well. And I reflect on weekends where I didn't move from the couch. I would just like lay there. So, um, but, you know, God had different plans for me and I got really, really sick. Um, and it was like this freak thing where, um, I had diverticulitis and it caused a perforation in my intestines, um, which I hope I pray that on nobody because that is painful. Mm. So I ended up in the hospital Um, for a week and the doctor said he had never seen somebody my age with something like that and um, he said you know you must be hiding a rabbit's foot because this is just something I've never seen so at some point you know I'm in the hospital and the the morning news came on and it they mentioned Peachtree Industrial and that's the street that I live off of and it's it felt so normal, yet I was in such an unusual circumstance for myself. And some, in that moment, I start crying, and I said, I want to live. I, I made a declaration in that moment that mm-hmm. I want to live, and not just, like, breathe and stay alive, but fully live, be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so shortly thereafter, um, I made a bucket list of about 30, I think at the time I was, 20, I was 28, I think, 27, something like that. Um, and I made a bucket list of 30 things I wanted to do before my 30th birthday. And running the Peachtree Road Race was one of those 30 things. And I wasn't a runner, um, but 
that's just like this iconic um, activity that happens in Atlanta. I love Atlanta and I just wanted to be a part of it. So um, started training for it and I just reflect back to the runner I was back then. Kind of goofy, um, slow, um, didn't really know what I was doing, but I found really a good community of people mm-hmm. that kept me motivated. And, you know, when you find runner friends who are like, let's wake up on Saturday morning and run, like that's a special breed of people. Yeah. So I really leaned into them. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'd say crossing the finish line of Petrie Road Race the very first time was one of the most amazing feelings I've ever had. Did you do um, the uh, the full or the half? Yeah. Wait, what did you Did you do the full or the half? Oh, this is the Peachtree Road Race. So it's oh, 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 10K, the 10K. I'm thinking the other guy, the big giant long one. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Um, so, yeah, so finished the 10K and felt amazing, loved it. And I, I was like, now I'm going to do a half marathon. Look at me. I'm a runner now. Well, somebody should have told me that running <laughs> a half marathon is not exactly the same as the 10K. Um, so in the process of like um, getting ready for that half marathon, it was the Georgia um, Publix Marathon. It was a Publix Marathon at the time. Mm-hmm. I think Publix was, is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, it might, I feel like it was something else at the time. Anyway, I was doing that one and um, at the t- there really wasn't a black running culture. Like I had my little pocket of friends who did it, but like, I was like, let me just Google black women running. And I think that's what I typed in, like black women running and up popped black girls run. And at the time, this is 2010, I believe, or 2009 or 2010, it was just a digital um, experience. So there weren't running groups. There, there wasn't much than just this online forum. Mm-hmm. But they noted that they were going to have a presence at the Georgia Public's mar- Half Marathon Marathon. And I was like, this is great. I'll go down there. I'll meet with them. So I started engaging online a little bit. We met up um, under the tent that morning. There's a a great picture of us. There was a little happy hour before. So it was just a really powerful experience. A happy Um, hour? Like? The night before. Well, I was before me like, dang, y'all are really hardcore runners. Like, (laughs) well. I've never had a happy hour beforehand. We are drinking goo. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So, um, so yeah, it was it was just a fantastic experience. And, you know, I, my knees were like, ooh, boo, we did not train for this. Um, so body was not too pleased, but the spirit was enriched. I loved it. Um, and after the event, um, Tony, Carrie, and Ashley Hicks, they sent an email to women who showed up um, for the event and they were kind of like, hey, we're thinking about launching run groups. Would you be interested in like being a part of that? And um, honestly, I think I may have missed the initial email, but we all know our homegirl, uh, Timmy Lola, so Bohemian Marshall. Um, she hit me up. She was like, hey, did you see this? Let's do this. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, so um, we we launched the first group run in April. Uh, I think it was April of 2009. Um, and it just grew like wildfire, which lets me know that um, there was there was this situation where there was actually this wild demand for something mm-hmm. that didn't exist. And we simply felt, felt um, filled in the gap for a lot of people. Um, 
And I think it was really, really important um, how we started. You know, I'm, well, I ain't that light anymore, but at the time I was a hundred and like 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so I understood that if a woman came and looked at me she would say to herself, oh, this is not a run group for me. She's a runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't fit in here. And we were very intentional about making this a very inclusive environment where any woman, no matter her shape or size or wherever she was on her journey of becoming a runner, she felt welcome. Um, so our run leads were all different shapes and sizes and speeds and all that. And it was just really about reclaiming, having space and time and sisterhood to reclaim um, health and wellness. Hmm. So what was that like for you being a part of just seeing something in its infancy stages to now where, where it is uh, making a global impact? Uh, I think there was a naivete about it. So I, our first group run, it was 10 women. And I thought we would kind of just max out maybe at 20 or 30. Um, but we, we moved our group runs to Piedmont Park. And just the visual of a group of Black women running was odd, was just unusual. Um, and as we did it week after week, the, the crowd got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and I think we experimented with different, um, different ways to bring a unique culture to the group run. So the endearing cheer tunnel. Um, I hope I hope people are still doing cheer tunnels, <laughs> um, but we wanted to be able to celebrate the end of, of a running experience because for some people that stuff sucks, you know, like you got a hill, it's hot, all these bad things happen and you just have to persevere. Um, so at the end of the run, we did cheer tunnels. At the beginning of the run, we were intentional about t- taking and posting group photos mm-hmm. because what I've learned, um, I learned this with BGR, but it applies to everything I do in terms of grassroots building is people need to be able to identify themselves in a movement and taking a picture helped people kind of look at it. And it's the type of thing where if you saw somebody and you were like, oh, she can do it. I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're really intentional about that. Um, And just kind of seeing it grow. And I think the most meaningful thing to me as one of the leaders was um, hearing women kind of share that this was a space and time where they were just themselves. Because in life, there's oftentimes where, you know, for me, I wear several hats. Some days I'm Adrian VP of this and doing that. But when I'm on the pavement, I am simply Adrian White with myself, with God, with my thoughts. Um, and that oftentimes is a very unique time and space for people. Um, and so I think they really cherish the moment to better themselves. Of course, they met friends and many women, you know, they stayed committed. They got off diabetes medication. Um, some found personal healing out of depression. Um, some worked through divorces. I mean, and we didn't always talk about these things, but it was something that, you know, as a leader, I had a unique position where people confide in me, um, some of their triumphs. And Mm -hmm. that was, it was a life blessing to be able to be a part of their story. Hmm. So where did you get this, this grassroots passion from? 
Where did that emerge from? Hmm. Uh, I think I was just born that way. No, I, I, <laughs> um, that, that's a really good question. I think ultimately, I always think about childhood, so I'm kind of reflecting upon my childhood. Like, did I do this as a child? And um, I think I've always kind of had an eye for the other. Maybe it's because I'm a big sister, you know, taking care of a brother and sister. I always just want to make sure that people can take ownership of whatever makes them feel good about themselves in a positive light. Like some things might make you feel good, but they're actually bad for you. Um, but, you know, I, I think that grassroots thing, the, the Black Girls Run um, experience really taught me a lot about group psychology, kind of anthropology, if you will, mm-hmm. um, how people behave when they get in groups. And, um, and also, honestly, working at the Coca-Cola company for some time, um, just these inherent lessons that I, I absorbed when you work for one of the world's most successful beverage Coke companies. Yeah. I mean, Coke sells a bubbly, sugary water, but we all have this emotion around it. Yeah. And it's the marketing and the messaging um, that I learned. And it was like the leadership, they knew that women were the primary buyers of the product of the beverage, so they, yeah, for the homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were like, we have to make sure that our leadership reflects our intended audience. And so I essentially stole that concept from um, Coke. <laughs> now, were you required to drink Coke, Coke? <laughs> uh, yes and no. So I, I would treat myself to like one Coke, one or two Cokes a year, but I just, I don't even like carbonated drinks. So I'm like, it wasn't ever a drink of choice, but they have, um, of course, a wide array of brands. So I was a big fan of um, Smartwater and Dasani. Mm. And matter of fact, sorry. Smartwater. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Dasani always seems to be the last thing that's sitting um, when, when, they're, when they're cases of water. I frequently was like, oh, wow. Everybody's like, well, tag on. That's it? Well, I better get the, the Walmart brand then. <laughs> so you venture from, um, from you, you leave from Coca-Cola, you're, you're, you're at Citizens Bank, and, and now you, you, this political um, hat that you're wearing, which, you know, it's like you've got it, it's like yeah, one of these big giant church hats. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, um, it was interesting because um, I quote unquote resigned from leading Black Girls Run. I think it was 2015 because I found myself splitting time between doing things to to try to help Hillary Clinton get elected. Mm-hmm. Y'all failed me, all of y'all. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so I, I kept having to like choose between the two. And as a leader, when you end up in multiple spaces. At some point, you just have to call it and say, you know what, I would be more service to people if I stepped aside yeah. and let other strong people, um, you know, step up and lead. And you know, a part of leadership is making sure that you build future leaders. Yeah. And yeah. I felt really awesome about the team. And so leaving, it was bittersweet. But I also, again, felt great about what I had built and what, um, you know, knowing that what I built was in good hands of people who understood 
the notion of remaining positive and creating safe space for black women to run. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a choice. Um, and democracy uh, was very important to me. I mean, it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's really the same concept to me. Um, it's how can I engage the most, uh -oh, the most people, sorry. Mm -hmm. How can I engage the most people to um, participate in something that I think ultimately does good for them? And democracy is messy. I mean, it is a messy thing, mm -hmm. but as messy as it is, it's important for us to understand it to the best of our ability and to be engaged in a part of it. And I understand that it is very confusing. It's probably that way on purpose. Um, so I, I try to share information because I know that people may be looking at all sorts of news sources or fixated on a headline that really is, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, not consequential. So I, I feel like I'm doing the same thing I did with Black Girls Run. It's just there's something I'm passionate about and something that means a lot to me, and I want to invite more people to be a part of it. Yeah, I see you started hosting um, these uh, Zoom calls. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have a passion for state politics. So, you know, you've got your federal politics, your state, and then your city and county. Um, and different states kind of are organized differently, but it's essentially three tiers of government. Um, I found a real true passion around state politics because I find it, it impacts our lives in a, in a big way. So, mm -hmm. for example, today people were complaining about the process. It's like if you have a, um, a person who passes away during the election, it's the state law that requires you to find somebody within 24 hours. That, trust me, nobody would have made that natural choice but a state law requires that. So then you have to ask, many people have asked already, how do we change that? It's like, you're state legislators. They control the budget. They control, mm -hmm. they control so many things. And I want to make sure that we have really great people who have we the people in mind. Like, I'm a constituent. I'm not elected. Um, but I want to make sure that people understand kind of what, what role they play mm -hmm. and get exposed to them and hopefully are inclined to support them with time or money. So now, do, you, do you see yourself um, being a politician? I wouldn't say no to that, but right now I feel like the gift that God has given me is not to be the queen, it's to be the queen maker. Queen, king or queen. So whether it's um, <laughs> men or women or however people decide to identify themselves, um, making sure that I can be a part of the process to help steward them to office. Um, because even though, you know, you will never agree hundred percent on everything with somebody, but I think, especially as a Democrat, the shared values of liberty and justice for all, um, there's a general agreement and alignment on that. And I want to get more of those people in office. So I'm, um, I'm just having fun with that. And until when I say when it's no longer fun, that's when I'll figure that's out. When, that's when you'll leave. Okay. Yep. So when you, I, I had in the back of my mind, you were talking about succession planning prior to you departing from um, black girls. But did you have a leader that you were grooming and cultivating 
um, or did the idea to depart just suddenly come to you after realizing yeah, I'm, I'm stretching myself too thin or? <laughs> well, uh, the, the beautiful thing is the, um, the leadership model, at least with uh, Black Girls Run Atlanta and most of the, the cities, because it's such a, a big thing, we've always had a co-leadership model. And so at the time, I, I will apologize in advance, but at the time I re recall Sierra Grigsby and April Moore were two of the, the key leaders that had already been co-leading with me. So, um, so for me to step away, understanding that we already had co-leaders who, again, I felt carried that same spirit of wanting to make Black Girls Run as fun, accessible, and inviting, and empowering, and encouraging to as many women as possible. They absolutely were already demonstrating it. So, like, that's how you want leadership succession to happen. When you leave, you feel like nothing will miss a beat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that you guys, you know, the leaders are on the same page, have a shared vision around things. Um, and so, I... I left feeling really good. Good. What is next for you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm. um, so the other area that I, I'm in is community development. Um, and that can be messy as well because, in, you know, in America, um, as a result of redlining and racism of the 30s, 40s, 50s, um, we're in a space where we're trying to unravel the impacts of that and arrive at equality, which, like, whoo, that's a task in itself. And several communities have just been overlooked and um, there's been a disinvestment in them. And now all of a sudden people, people are like, hmm, that land is cheap. Well, let me go in there and buy it. And in that process, they... <clears throat> Those communities are at risk of their culture being um, erased mm -hmm. and people being pushed out. And so the question is, how can we um, have inclusive communities as we invite new development, new business, while also elevating um, the voices and the people who have lived there forever? So um, that that's another big focus of um, my time and my energy. Um, and the beautiful thing about life is, like, things of focus this week might not be the focus of the, the week after. So, um, were either of those two things on your bucket list? Um, the original bucket list, no. Um, and I would, I would recommend if anybody's kind of like in a fuzzy gray area of their life to make a bucket list. And mine was. Because the things that may bring you focus at a certain point in your life, mm -hmm. really, it's, it's just a direction. Like me running the Peachtree Road Race had nothing to do with me leading Black Girls Run, had nothing to do with me gaining a whole skill set that translates into politics. But it was a singular, it was a goal, it was fun, um, it grew me. And I find that you know, when you have certain goals, it keeps your energy in a space where you can receive different things. And, and so I'm, I'm grateful that I did that back then. I've tried it again. Like I'm going to turn 40 way too soon. Um, <laughs> and I, I 
at one point I was like, mm, I'm gonna make another bucket 40. And, and I'm just like, maybe I should, but I'll say my ball has rolled and rolled and rolled to the point where I, I have to consciously slow it down and say no. So I'm, I'm confident and kind of happy with where I am. And again, I think it's, it's a really powerful thing to do in fuzzy spaces of life to give you focus. And I feel overly focused at times. <laughs> Good, good. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for spending time with us. If you all aren't following Adrian White, you should be following her. Um, you might be voting for her to be president one day. Who knows? Uh, I doubt it. But yeah, if you want to follow me, uh, Lady AO, Lady AOA on Twitter. <laughs> That's where I like to be. Fo- That's where I get crying. I'm nice and I, I play nice-ish on Facebook, but I want to catch Adrian. Same Say thing. it again. Say it again so they can follow you, so they can catch the smoke, yeah. you know? <laughs> Lady A08. And I'm not an AKA. I just I just joined Twitter in that year. Okay. Many people have claimed me as a, they'll like try their secret handshake and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. But what's the, is the pearls part of AKA or you just like pearls? I like the pearls. So that actually was somewhat a part of my brand with um, BGR because I would... I would be at work all day and then like run, change, and then go to my group run. And half the time I would forget to like take off makeup and jewelry. So 95% of the time I had pearls on and pearls also remind me of my grandmother. Um, And when I have important, heavy things to do, I try to get as close to her in memory. And um, are those her her pearls that you're wearing? they They are not, but like almost every picture that I have of her, She's wearing some pearls. Um, so like, the, the vote to um, put a name on the ballot was very heavy. And I feel like I needed the power of my grandmother with me. So, some pearls. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Thank you so very much for spending time with us. Adrian White, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.